0: Since it is Super Bowl Sunday, it's appropriate to start with the Super Bowl analogy. And the great famous uh, Packers coach, Vince Lombardi, on his first practice with his first team, uh, the Packers started the whole lesson with this. He brought a football and said to professional men, this is a football. And so it was a profound starting point going to the basics. And it's like when we read Colossians 3, Apostle Paul is saying to all the people who are followers, who are the church, who, who make up the church, who are the precious redeemed, he says, this is a Christian. And he goes into it. He says, a person whose life is Jesus Christ. A Christian is a person whose life is Jesus Christ. So he goes into verse 1 in Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ. And verse 3 of chapter 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. So Christians are raised with Christ. Our lives are hidden with Christ. Uh, We no longer live. Our sin, our self-centeredness, it's all gone. And it means that our new identity is not Korean, Mexican, European, african-american but our identity has been reclaimed and most importantly it's been identified as we are christ's people who happens to be korean chinese spanish mexican british and so these are the identities that paul is saying this is who you are and verse 4 he actually adds when christ who is your life appears then you will also appear today uh a lot of people say stuff like, oh, food is my life. I live for food. Oh, man, my sports. Sports is my life. This is Super Bowl Sunday. This is my life. And more and more I hear, my children are my life. And these, they sound not like terrible. They're not bad things. But the problem is Paul is saying for Christians, this is what we say. We love our children. We love our sports. But Christ is our life, period. We don't get our identity and worth from our children, our family, or our sports. We get it from Jesus. And so we found our life in Christ, and wherever Christ goes, we go. Whatever is important to Christ is important to us. And so the question I want to bring today is, in 2019, what does that look like for people who live in Southern California in 70-degree weather while everyone is, like, negative 18, by the way? So I hope you all said, thank you, Lord, this week. We have been blessed We are blessed, yes, Southern Californians. And so Jesus gives a great picture of this image. He gives the best analogy. Because when Jesus walked, a lot of people were shepherds. And he says, I got a picture for you, what it looks like to have abundant life. Abundant life in me. And it's a sheep-shepherd relationship. And so he goes into it in John 10. So let's look at it for ourselves. In John chapter 10, Jesus is speaking to the crowd, and in the crowd are Pharisees, his disciples, and and just strangers. And he's saying, I want to tell you about life, the ways you're meant to live, the way you are supposed to uh, be where you belong. And it starts out, with this guy, this good shepherd. And three observations. This is not the main thing. This is just a summary of John chapter 10. The first observation Jesus, that we see, Jesus says about the good shepherd is, there is one true leader for your life. There's only one true leader. Just like there's only one steering wheel in a car. Can you imagine if you had two steering wheels and you, you were you're fighting with your wife or husband? I want to go left, right, good luck. There's only one true leader for your life and he says in verse one and two, "Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep." Now sheep during this time were very different from the way we see sheep. The sheep that Jesus was talking about, they were mainly used for the wool. So their life, living. Was, was vital for their longevity. And so they didn't eat sheep for the meat. They used the sheep for their wool, so they have to live a long time. They have to protect it. And so to protect the sheep was important to the sh- owners, and you don't want just anybody coming in and taking the sheep, wolves, thieves, robbers. False people try to sneak in, and the good shepherd is recognized by the gatekeeper. Oh, you, you are the true leader. The good shepherd knows the name of the sheep, and this is the shepherd that Jesus is saying that we follow. Second observation, Jesus says the good shepherd, this is fun, is committed to the sheep no matter the danger or the threat. Um, they're committed to the sheep no matter the danger. This is how you can know. Um, verse eleven thirteen. 13, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and they say, see ya, I don't want to be ya. That's, the, that's what it says in the Bible. Sees the wolf coming and leaves a sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. See, the good shepherd doesn't do it for the money. The good shepherd doesn't take care of the sheep because he gets something out of it. The good shepherd cares for the sheep because he cares for the sheep. There's a difference. And this is a principle that applies to every relationship. Think about this. Whenever somebody cares for us out of self-centeredness, we have a dysfunction. So, for example, in marriage, a true husband who has this kind of heart puts his wife and children before his own pleasures and joys and self-centeredness. A, a true, loving wife who has this, understands this principle, who's not in it for the self-centeredness, she's blessing the husband and the children above her own, ish, her own pleasures or hobbies. In parenting, when we parents are like, well, I want to get my joy first. These kids are messing up my lives. These children, they keep crimping on my social life. If we have that, we have a dysfunction. And true shepherd heart is parents put their interests of their children for their well-being before their own pleasures. It's called sacrifice, and, we, and all of you understand that. And so true believers, Christians, we live into this by putting neighbors and other people above our own interests. So they say church is a true church and exciting when we care about people outside these walls more than caring for whatever we want inside these walls. So those in it for money will abandon the sheep. But the good shepherd lays his life down. And William Barclay, he says this quote as a, from a commentator, Constant vigilance, fearless courage, patient love for his flock were the necessary characteristics of the shepherd. What did I, just a pause there. This is our God. He cares for us this much that he sees threat and harm as Things part of the job to care for us. Uh, third observation, um, the good shepherd is always on duty. Um, I worked in banking just on the side, and, and, you know, when you work in banking, it was really nice. You get in at 8, mm-hmm. 7.50, right? And then when the clock strikes 5.10, you're like, boom, see you later, you're gone. And then I realized when you go to ministry, there's no timesheet. There's no clocking. So you get a phone call at 10:30, like, why are you calling me? Oh, I forgot, I'm a pastor. And so, so there's the, there's a shift in mentality with how we do life. And the good shepherd Jesus is saying is they're always on duty. Jesus is always on duty. Jesus doesn't have a downtime for us. Sometimes, I hear this in our own church once in a while. They're like, oh, I don't. Gosh, God, God must have so many things on His mind. How could He care about my prayer? And the answer is He does. He's God. He's able to hear your prayer. He listens to your voice. And so the shepherds didn't work a 40-hour week. They worked all night long, middle of the night. That's when the wolves come. That's when their thieves come, and they're always on duty, vigilant. And so who knows Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. And verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's this ongoing verb it will continually follow me. The shepherd is always active in my life, and we can be sure that good shepherd is devoted to you. Check this out. More than anybody else in this world, more than your pastor, more than your parents, more than your best friend, the good shepherd will never get tired of you. And so these are the setup of the good shepherd. Jesus is saying, this is a true leader that is called for us. So we're thinking about this, what do we want to take away? And I just want to share these things with you. If that's the case, if there is a good shepherd, what does that make us? Come on, let, let's hear it. Give me your bat. No, I, I want to hear the bat. Bah. All right. That, that, I can't believe you did that. That was a, I, I was, that was not, but that was good. That was good. We're sheep. And sometimes we go straight to the, oh, does that mean we're stupid, uh, we're dumb? No, I, let, let's think about this a little more seriously. So here's the first implication. It means if Jesus is our good shepherd and we are sheep, the first thing it means is we must answer this question of who or what is leading your life. Sheep always follows something. Who or what is really leading your life? And so I want to go into that. If Jesus is a true shepherd, is Jesus really leading you? Like, you take a moment and think, my life, Jesus is leading it. Or do you go, I don't know what's been leading my life. I'm kind of lost. That's important. What is leading your life? Because sheep don't reckon, they don't, you know, sometimes they're following, they're like, you're not my shepherd. That happens. And so, Who or what is leading your life? Notice Jesus' warning in verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. This is what the objective of the thief is. The good shepherd comes to give us abundant life. Who is leading your life? There are counterfeit leaders. In Jesus' days, these counterfeit leaders were religious leaders, saying you got to do these rules or else God won't love you or else you're rejected. Today, we have counterfeit leaders, and it comes in the form of anything that takes the place of God to fulfill your happiness and joy that we bought into. Uh, just on the side, I was listening to the news, and my kids were, and I were listening. They're like, football, Rams are my life. I spent $30,000 on my Super Bowl tickets. Wow! <laughs> Like, maybe he's, maybe he's really wealthy. And one guy said, I bought tickets and there were 7,000 each, but it's worth it. I, it. It hurts. It hurts. It costs a lot. And, and so, you know, no, 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 no condemnation or anything. It's just like, wow, that's, that's pretty serious. And so for, for us, it's like, what's driving us? What's the hope? What's our joy? Uh, I know cowboys are not my, my god because they didn't make the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I'm still here. I didn't cry. But uh, seriously, what is driving your life? And I was thinking about this question. Are you a stolen lamb? Have you been following something that has hijacked and taken ownership of your life? Because sheep don't realize, wait a minute, am I lost? And the good shepherd wants to come after us. Wherever you are, whether it's money, career, any, another person, a few good questions to ask is this. This is a reflection time. Three questions to ask if I'm following the right leader. One, does this leader, does this thing I'm chasing love me unconditionally like God loves me? Do you notice know a good shepherd doesn't go, Ew, <laughs> you, you, you got like black spots and I don't like you. And, oh, just a beautiful sheep, come here. Notice a good shepherd doesn't do that. There's an unconditional love. Does a a leader that you follow have the answer to the problem of pain in your life and in this world? That's the good shepherd. And third, the leader you're following, whatever you may be following, is like, oh, man, my career, my job, okay. Does this leader pull you closer to the heart of the heavenly father? What are you following? The good shepherd always brings us to the Father. The good shepherd loves us unconditionally. Sheep bite and the shepherd's like, come here, you know, loves us anyway. The good shepherd always knows what's best for us. So Jesus is pointing that to him. And if Jesus is a good shepherd, I want to move on to this. We must ask if we have fallen given over to his unconditional love. Now, what does that mean? Uh, Jewish people have a legend about Moses. And this is a story about Moses. It's not in the Bible, but there's a legend. So take this with a grain of salt. And they said that God chose Moses to be the leader of his people while Moses was a shepherd, tending for Jethro, his father in law's sheep. And when Moses was feeding the sheep, a young goat ran away. So Moses ran after the goat and found the goat. And when Moses caught up to the goat, it, it, it stopped at a ravine, and it drank from the water. And Moses got to it and said, oh, I didn't know you ran away because you were thirsty. Now you must be weary. That, that's, that's amazing because once we found a dog at church, I brought it home because it didn't have a collar. So we're trying to find its owner, and we fed it for one night. And then the dog got out of our neighborhood and for 30 minutes, I was running after the dog for 30 minutes. And I'm just picturing this dog's going to get hit by a car. It's going to be my fault. And then after 30 minutes, the dog decides, I'm tired, and just stops. And it says, you could pick me up. <laughs> I wanted to. Ugh! So I picked it up, but of course, I didn't. I said, I, and then we just fell in love with it. We're like, what a personality. Six, day, six days later, the owners called in and picked it up. So we're so sad. But I I was like, wait a minute. I do this to God. I am not lovable sometimes. And God always comes and picks me up. He always says, I don't get frustrated with you. And so this is the idea that Jesus is the perfect Moses for us. He is our perfect Moses. And we have a gospel in John 10. The gospel is good news. And this is what it says in John 10. It's not we can strive harder and we can fix ourselves. That's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus laid his life down and did the work we could not and redeemed us. When the world needed a shepherd, God sent Jesus. And the good shepherd lived and died the life we couldn't live. This is the gospel. The point of this good news is that it's not sheep do a better job of following the shepherd. The point of this story that Jesus is saying is, you have a good shepherd. He cannot let you down, even when you fail. And so not because the lamb are cute, cuddly, and adorable. It is because they're annoying and obnoxious. But the shepherd is so good, unconditionally loves us. Have you entered into that mode with God? God, you don't love me because I'm worth it. You love me despite my flaws. And this is true unconditional love. And true love is costly. And let me tell you, sports, material relationships, popularity, these things cannot replace unconditional love like God's unconditional love. Um, Lastly, when you gauge which shepherd am I following, is your leader infinitely patient with you? So sheep... I just realized they never understand how much shepherds go through. Uh, how many of you are parents, by the way? Just, or you have, you have neighborhood kids you took care of, or teachers, teachers? Do you notice the kids will never fully understand the sacrifice you go through, don't they? They never understand. They think, they think you're just barking at them, but you're spending time praying for them, preparing for them, right? And then once in a while they criticize you and you're like, oh you have no idea what I'm doing. And I think that's a glimpse of sheep never fully understand what the shepherd does for them. They don't go, meh, it's four in the morning. That shepherd's been up all night. They don't think like that. And I think the point of this is, Jesus is saying, we never fully grasp everything that God is doing behind the scenes to let our life be where it is. We see good and bad, but we never see everything God is working behind the scenes for your love, for your joy to reclaim you. And that's why I trust God. Not because I know everything about him. It's because I don't know everything about him that makes me say he is good. And so um, a pastor friend was ordained years ago, and he gave a chart. So my pastor got ordained And somebody gave him a charge. You know, they go there like, you, pastor, blah, 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 do this. And so my pastor friend was telling me what this wise man said to him. He said, it is said pastors are shepherds. And he says, do not be a shepherd. Because in the church, if everybody were sheep, you need to be a pastor shepherd. He says, but they are not all sheep. In the church, you're gonna find wolves, tigers, snakes. Don't be a shepherd. Be a Tarzan. Tarzan is one who can communicate and lead them. Now, it goes counter to the whole idea of good shepherd, but what's his point? He's saying it is not easy leading people, family, class, church. And all God's people said. With, with anger. We just, can we pray for healing really quick? Like, uh, but it is not easy. And the point of it is that that it's tough being a shepherd who loves. Because sometimes sheep are sweet, but sheep can be hostile. Not all sheep bite, but the most dangerous form of injury from sheep are from male sheep, which we call rams. Rams. <laughs> rams, man. They, they break bones and they... they they hurt, they punch. And so can you imagine how much patience a shepherd must have for the sheep? I mean, this is what it says in Isaiah. All we like sheep have gone astray, each of us turned to our own way. The Isaiah prophet is using God's word to say sheep, you know what sheep are known for? They run away and they're so just independently minded. What what is that saying in American church? Herding cats? And so, the point of this is, the leader has to be infinitely patient with us, and that's why only the good shepherd has ability to be infinitely patient with you. He doesn't expect you to live perfectly. He expects you to just turn to him and let him love you, lead you. This is the good shepherd. And so, we wander and abandon the sheep, but the good shepherd will never give up on us. That's the good news. We worship God not because we're saying, okay, I'm going to get my life straight. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. That's it. No more mistakes. No. The point of it is I'm going to fail you. I'm going to bite you. I'm going to run away from you and I'm going to do stupid things. But if it weren't for your mercy, your patience, your unconditional love for me, where would I be? You are the good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So, church, this is a glimpse of of heaven. And Jesus goes into Luke chapter 15, 4 says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and goes after the one that is lost until he finds it? This is a nature. And at the end, let me bring this home with this point. Jesus says something really weird that I never saw in this chapter. Jesus, a good shepherd, will gather all sheep. Verse 16, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. I never caught that. The good shepherd doesn't just go, Hey, at least we're together. We're fine. Let's forget about everyone else. The good shepherd says, Heaven is a community for all people, all, relig- all colors, ethnicity, cultures, and backgrounds. And so it's a community of diverse ethnicities. And I wrote, God is not building a heaven that's a gated community for just people like you and me. It's an open door to invite all nations to him. And Jesus says, there's one flock, one shepherd. Um, The good shepherd is not raising a certain race for unity, but he's reuniting the whole divided human race. And this is where the church comes in. Wouldn't it be awesome if the church reflected the glimpse of heaven, that all cultures, all backgrounds, every language, they are precious. So this is why we turn to one another and say, you're precious because God cares about you. And so one of the dreams of our church, by the way, is we want to be a true community church where if you're, if you're white, yellow, brown, black, you feel at home because we are saying you belong here. Um, I love the Korean church, but when we serve kimchi every week, and I love kimchi, um, that's fine, but it's hard to say, oh, every other culture, you belong here. <laughs> like, it's, it's hard. What if we celebrated the diversity? What if we said, hey, the glimpse of heaven is, the tie that binds is, the good shepherd. And in that, we celebrate our unique cultures. And this is what Jesus' heart is. He's the door, the good shepherd that makes all this possible. So as I line this plane, Psalm 23, the Lord is my Shepherd. Every other memorial service has that because it's such a beloved psalm. And the psalm makes sense from Paul's directive, that Jesus gives life. And he says this, Psalm 23, verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort. By the way, what that means, you are not going to lead me away from dark valleys. That's not what it means. It means you will let me go into the darkest parts of my life, but you will walk before me. And therefore, I will not fear. Verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, what is goodness and mercy? It is a person. It is the good shepherd. It is Jesus Christ who says, I am your life. I want you to be hidden in me. And when you find me, we have this sheep-shepherd relationship And it's not you will never let me down, but Jesus says, I will never let you down. This is a promise. Everything else that tries to take your life are counterfeits. Who will you lead? Who will you follow? We are sheep. Do you have the good shepherd who is unconditionally faithful to you and me? Let's pray.